I want some. Uh, I want some chocolate. Oh right, good idea. I fancy some too. Right, chocolate aisle. Um, uh, chocolate aisle. Oh, it's right there. Um, what did you fancy? Oh, oh, what the fuck? Oh what? no, look what? at this. What sprinter sprinter bars? Sprinter bars. Oh, sprinter bars. Yeah. They've changed the name. Oh, what D- what what they're called now? <laughs> Athlete bars. More like bust bars. What do you? It's, it's just not right. Why did they have to go and change it? It was fine the way it was. They've been called Sprinter Bars for years. I can't take it. They're shitting on my childhood. I know. It's like they're bending a big murky biscuit directly on your innocent eight-year-old face. What the... I won't stand for this. <clears throat> right. Have you got that pen? Yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? Right. I am going to reclaim my heritage. Let's change them all back. Oh, oh, look at this! What? What is it? They're geeks, packets of geeks. Geeks? Oh, uh, those fizzy sweets? (laughs) Yeah, of course, yeah. What's wrong? They've changed those! Look at the state of it! Ducked it. Squares? They've even changed the shape! I can't take it, I can't. Right. I hope your pen's got plenty of ink left in it. Always has. Come on, let's do this. Oh, my life. Oh, God. Oh. Have a look in the fridge. No, no. no. Don't make me no. look in the fridge. You need to have no. a look in the fridge. No, look, no, look, they've, no, they've, no. Don't make me look in the fridge. Look in the fridge. I can't they've, cope. They've changed them to visor no, drinks. No, I can't cope. My leg hurts. No. No, look. Look at the, look at the name now. No. Tropical fizz cartons. Hold me. Hold me. Hold me. Hold me. Excuse me. You two. What do you think you're doing? Writing wrongs. Why are you attacking the chocolate displayers? We're not attacking them, we're liberating them. I demand to be happy in a happy shopper. Otherwise, you will have to name it Sad Shopper, and then that's not very good. Are you scribbling on them? You can't do that. We're not We're not, not scribbling on them. Look, are you going to do it then? You're the security guard. I think you have a duty to protect people from this kind of terrorism. You're right. Get out, both of you. We don't want any of your stupid, incorrectly named snacks anyway. Yeah. Leave before I throw you out. Hang on. Hang on. I think I recognise you. Didn't we all go to school together? Uh, Clive... Clive... Monroe? Yes, that's right. I I, I, I changed my name when I got married. I'm Clive Tompkins now. You've you've changed your name? Yes. Oh my God, I need a carpal. Right, get out. Hey, hey, get off! Hey. Get off! Get off! No, 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 not oh. the neck! No! Ah! No. Right, come Shit. on, give us your name tag! Give us your name tag! No. Get, 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 no. get off! No, what was wrong with Monroe? Give why why can't everything just stay the same as it always was? Give that back! No! Come on, hit, hit, hit no. with the Bombay no. mix! Ah! No. Right, right. No. bad! For life! The pair of you, out! Alright, we're leaving. God! Wait, oh wait, Did, didn't the door used to be over there? Hello boys and girls, I'm Ding. And I'm Dong. It's time for Time Town.
Say, Dong, do you know what time it is? Is this a test? I might sound gormless, but I'm actually very wise. I wasn't doubting your cognitive abilities, Dong. I knew that. I'm smart, you know. And with that, please welcome Auntie Meridian. Um... Ahem. Auntie Meridian? Oh, namaste, boys. I didn't see you there. I was too busy experiencing Nirvana. Ah, Nirvana being the state of blissful enlightenment achieved through meditation, of course. I know that. I'm not stupid or contagious. That was for the kids. There's no need to be so touchy, Dong. (laughs) Stop it. Don't laugh at me. I've had enough of it. So, yes, Anti-Meridian, what are you here to teach us about today? I'm here to teach you about starting your day in a positive, life-affirming way. Firstly, you need to start with an OM. I usually start with Cheerios. That's fine, as long as you elongate the O. It should still cleanse the soul. Now, give me a nice big Cheerios. Cheerios. That's wonderful advice, Auntie Meridian. How much meditation should the kids do before school every morning? Hmm, at least five hours. Five hours? Is this a wind-up? No, it's battery-powered. As you can see, there are 24 hours in the day, and the morning technically lasts 12 hours. That should give the children ample time to fit in some deep, enriching meditation. So are you suggesting that the kids should set a very early alarm? If you're truly in tune with nature's flow... You won't need an alarm. No, that was the cue for our next guest character. Oh, my apologies. Ah, this must be Alarm Hand, on his way to tell us about the importance of setting an early alarm. Post here. Sign here for your parcel, please. I don't believe I've had the pleasure. Who are you again? I'm Post Meridian. I deliver the post for Time Town. In the afternoon, the post just getting later and later these days. Are you going to sign for this package or not? If not, you're going to have to collect it from the depot after 24 hours. Or I'll kick it over your neighbour's fence. Doesn't matter to me. Who's it for? A Miss, uh, A.M.? That would be me. Oh, my. Um, hey. How's, you know, oh, Jesus. Uh, would you mind, would you mind signing for this, please? Of course. This will be that assortment of energy-infused acupuncture needles I've ordered. You like acupuncture? That would be an understatement. Well, yes, it was most delightful to meet you, Mr. Postman. Shouldn't you be going now? Yes, we're expecting someone any minute. We don't need you waiting around. Yeah, I'll be off then. Um, Miss A.M., I'd like to try acupuncture sometime. Really? Do you have a set of needles? No. Steak knives? Yeah. Then perhaps we could go back to your place. Hop on. Well, that's today's time town ruined. We've lost one guest and the other hasn't turned up. Hosting this show has turned into a difficult task, Ding. Yes, sometimes I feel like I'm surrounded by imbeciles. Hey, I thought we'd already established that I'm very clever. Excluding you, of course. What's gotten into you today, Dong? I've only just realised why people laugh at my name. Oh? Why is that, then? Because it sounds like Bong which I'm reliably informed is drug-taking paraphernalia. How rude of them. If I caught anyone making that association, I'd teach them some manners. 
They'd take some hits from the dong, let me tell you. Anyway, that's all for today. Let's say bye to the boys and girls at home. Goodbye, boys and girls. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Hello, welcome to Moonquids. How can I help you? Why, yes, good day to you. I would like to purchase my usual. And what would that be, sir? Ah, you must be new here. I'm afraid not, sir. I've worked here for seven years. I believe it is you who is new. I don't pay for idle chit-chat. Run along and prepare my beverage. What would you like? A grande, double chocker, mocha latte, steamy frappe, mappe, minky slinky, sugary stevie with raspberry coulee. And if there's any foam, then so help me. Okay, no problem. And what's your name? Biscoff. Gerald Biscoff. Okay, Mr Biscoff. If you wait at the end there, and I'll get that right to you. I say, coffee boy, what is that you're using? This is the steamer. Oh, crumbs. Do you not have a frothulator? A what? I have one at home. It steams the milk, froths it to the optimum level, then removes the foam. My grande double chocolate mocha latte steamy frappe mappy minky slinky sugary stevie with raspberry coulai will require such precise preparation that I want to ensure you're suitably equipped for it. Don't worry, sir. This will do the job. I certainly hope so. If there's any foam, then so help me. I say, what on earth are you doing now? Just grinding the beans, sir. And you grind them like that? I use a pair of squeeze tweezers to individually crush each bean into a fine delectable powder. You see, my grande double choco mocha latte steamy frappe mappe... <sighs> These scriptwriters just really hate me. Minky slinky sugary stevie with raspberry coolis will only rise correctly with the daintiest bean crumbs. I'm sure this will be up to your standards, sir. I certainly hope so. And if there's any foam, then so help me. Then so help you what? It'll be a surprise as to what my actions will be. My word! Coffee boy, what are you doing now? Stirring it. By hand! Crumbs! You'll allow the air to escape. You need to use a percolating stirrer rhombus. That's what I use when I prepare my grande double chocolate mocha latte steamy frappe mappe minky slinky sugary stevie with raspberry coolis at home. With all respect, sir, you're not at home now. Allow me to prepare it, and maybe you'll like it. Perhaps. Or perhaps it'll be hogwash of the lowest order. And if there's any... Foam, then so help me. At last, we're getting somewhere. Okay, Gerald Biscoff? At last. Now, let's see. <laughs> oh, this coffee is quite foul. It tastes like the scrapings of a tramp's bindle. And what's wrong with it? It's... it's not what I'm used to. Now make me another, so I may throw it on you in contempt. Why not just use that one? And waste the good coffee? No, I'll keep this one and throw a spare at you, at your expense. Would you kindly leave now, sir? Well, I've never been so insulted. I demand you make a third coffee so I may throw another over you at a later juncture. Out. Now. Oh, crumbs. Well, let it be known I will never patronise this establishment ever again.
Greetings and welcome to PolitiBeat, the nightly current affairs programme. My name is Ewan Taxim and joining me today is the recently appointed Home Secretary, Michael Arrears. Lovely to have you here. Well, thank you for having me. Now, Mr Home Secretary, I'm sure you've seen the reports circulating around your apparent racist behaviour. Now, let me just stop you there. Let me be clear that I'm absolutely, categorically, 100% not a racist. So, you deny the allegations against you? Absolutely. I mean, how could I be a racist? All of my rent boys are from different types of backgrounds and walks of life. Hang on. Rent boys? Absolutely. I would hand over any of our taxpayers' money on illicit shenanigans unless I was sure that the process was compliant with equal opportunities legislation. Are you saying that you pay for your rent boys with taxpayers' money? Expenses, naturally. And anyway, how can I be a racist and yet still funnel my earnings into foreign tax havens, such as the Lehman Islands? Wait, are you admitting that you avoid paying tax on your parliamentary salary? Yes. And by doing so, I am providing crucial investment overseas. Would a racist do that? Probably not. But there's a lot to unpack here. If you'd like a further example, I often look at interracial porn at work. At work? Absolutely. And when I'm not doing that, I'm sourcing my cocaine from a delightful Colombian chap. Then I ask my assistants, of all different ethnicities, to go out and buy lingerie for my wife. Or sometimes my mistress. Who is half Welsh, my tired? I... I'd like... To just get back to what we were and talking about. And when I'm about. chartering one of my private jets to Tehran to discuss funneling government aid money into their nuclear initiative, I always book my tickets through foreign companies. Is that enough evidence for you? Wow, this is... Uh, are we getting all this? Is, is, is the live feed still up, right? I hope so. I want it all on record that I am unequivocally not racist. Yes, uh, excellent. So, tell us, Michael, uh, how do you answer the charge that you're a sexist? Preposterous, slanderous lies. I have affairs with all people of all genders. My employees enjoy slap tasks from me regardless of their sex. I fondle them all equally, especially the ones that ask me to stop. I wouldn't want any of them to feel left out. So you molest your employees without prejudice? Constantly. Well, when I'm in the office at least. I'm often in Moscow at the moment, handing over state secrets to the Kremlin. What do you think people will make of this interview when it goes out? I would hope that the public sees me as a man of integrity, who holds everyone he meets in equal measure. My constituents already know this. I pay some of them to stuff ballot boxes on my behalf, regardless of their age, race or gender. I wish we had more time to talk to you, but I'm afraid that's it for tonight. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Not at all. I can still catch the later rounds of the underground cockfighting tournament that I own and rig in my favour. We're still on the air. Oh, right. Sorry, everyone. If you'd like to come along, we're at 16 Fenchurch Street. Ask for Dimitri. Goodbye. Good evening, sir. Sorry for the late hour, but I was wondering if I could count on your vote. Vote? Is there an election on? Not to my knowledge, sir, but I was wondering if I could count on your vote. Uh, you've just called me sir twice. I'm terribly sorry, sir. I didn't notice. <sighs> what party are you from? No party affiliation, sir. I'm just trying to secure votes. What for? Just in case. You never know, a referendum might start tomorrow, or I might want to run for MP or mayor or something. Banking votes for a rainy day, so to speak. I'm sorry, I'm really not interested. OK, no problem. I'm hearing you. I'll leave you to your evening. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Good evening, sir. Sorry for the late hour, but I was wondering... Uh, Madam, and I've just spoken to you. The answer's still no. Oh, no, this is a different matter. I was wondering, are you happy with your broadband provider? Uh, yes, I am. I thought you were canvassing for votes. I was, but I also do door-to-door sales to make ends meet. All right, so this isn't about votes. Nope, this is all about broadband. Perhaps I could interest you in a package which includes line rental and unlimited access with speeds of up to 37 megabytes. No, I don't want to change broadband supplier, thanks. No problem, that's absolutely fine. I can see I won't convince you, so I'll leave you to your evening. Goodbye. Bye. Good evening, sir. Sorry for the late hour, but I was wondering... Uh, Madam, what is it now? I was wondering if you would consider sponsoring a rescue horse for nineteen ninety nine a month. So you're collecting for charity too? Yes. Rather than sending loads of different people to bother you, the company's all got together and decided just to send one person. Me. But why do I have to keep opening the door to you? Sorry? What? Why didn't you just tell me all of this the first time? Why do I have to keep opening and closing the door? That's just how it works, sir. Now, would you like to sponsor a horse? No, and I don't want any of your other crap either. No. Just wait and say I have some catalogues that you won't believe. No, just leave me alone. All right, I'm hearing you in stereo. You're a busy man. I'll leave you to it. Bye. Damn it. Turn the lights off. Pretend we're not home. Hmm. They must have gone out. I'll just leave a catalogue. I am the avatar of spring, behold my glory. Morning, Derek. We have a meeting in the boardroom in 15 minutes. Today is the vernal equinox and my powers are at their zenith. New life shall thrive. A copy of the agenda is on your desk. I bring the gentle kiss of sunlight to a land shackled no more by the spectre of winter. That's all well and good, Derek, but you drop in leaf mould on the carpet tiles. And can you possibly put on some underpants? I am near sky-clad in celebration of the verdant fertility I shall bestow. Can you at least put a towel on your seat before you sit down? No barrier shall withstand the purity of my essence. Well, we'll just make that your chair from now on. That can work. Yes, a throne for the Avatar as befits my purpose and station. Yes, just for you. We'll put a label on it. Yes, a plaque recounting the wondrous life that issues forth in my presence. Your tribute is accepted and appreciated. There you go. All yours. Ah, thank you, verdant child. The seed is strong within you. Yeah, I had some cheer in my overnight oats. My very own throne. It shall root here and blossom. No one else will sit there now. Well... There is he who comes after. When my time is done for this year, my brother, who will take all I have created and see that it flourishes beneath his care. Oh, right. Who's that, then? Ah, he who radiates the brightest light, the longest day, the warmest months, he shall rest here. Oh, you mean Gary? Yes, Avatar of Summer. Have you got your bare ass on my chair, Derek? It's not yours yet. (laughs) 
Right, so I understand that you want to join the doctor's surgery. That's right. Excellent, good. If you could just fill out the form in front of you there, um, just fill that out in black ink and capitals. What? Uh, just fill it out in black ink with capitals. No! Um, okay, what's wrong with that? Can I sign in blue? No, just use black, please. No! <sighs> Look, I have a black pen right here. Can I use a pencil? Just don't use a pencil. It's in the rules that you need a black pen. No! It's the only way. If you want to get signed up, you need to use... Can I use a crayon? That's silly. No! Just use... No! Why? No! Do you even have any of these things? No. That's released some blocked energies. Now, where were we? Have you kept up the OM? Um, Auntie V? What is it, Kevin? Why have you left this pumice stone here? Pumice stone? Oh, no, no, no. That's Janice. I left her in charge, remember? I thought Janice was some sort of crystal. The beauty of crystals, and other energy-sensitive minerals, is that they can choose their own corporeal form. Their energies can transfer from one vessel to another quite easily. And Janice just fancied being a rough rock used to rub the dead skin off your feet, did she? Yes, she's very helpful like that. Now, back to your om. Om. Good. Now, I want everyone to push up towards the ceiling, close your eyes, and open your mouths nice and wide for me. Trust me, nothing bad will happen. Trust your auntie. (coughs) Don't spit it out. You're ruining your aura. What the hell is that? It's a chamomile and seaweed solution, of course. You warn me in future when you're about to put something repulsive in my mouth. All I'm hearing is negativity, Kevin. Now, finish up while I hold your nose. (coughs) Do you think that's enough, Janice? (coughs) Yes, I think so too. (coughs) That that was... (coughs) Cleansing? Disgusting. Would you like some water to wash it down? Please. Don't gulp it all at once. This isn't water. It is. It's salt water with vinegar. I need something to wash the taste away. Well, I was actually saving this one for myself, but you may have some of my smoothie if you like. What flavour is it? Avocado and lemon. That'll do. Oh, God. You're wasting it. There's lumps of cheese in it. Cheese? This is the cup that Janice bathes in. Oh, God! I need water! Actual water! There's a vending machine outside. In fact, why don't we leave it there for today? Class dismissed. That was awfully stressful. I need to unwind. Oh, thank you, Janice. OK, 
Okay, good evening everybody. Wow, what a great turnout. Thank you all sincerely for coming down to support your local bookstore this evening. It really means so much to see you all here tonight. I'm sure you're all very excited to meet our guest, who will be along very shortly to do a very special reading of his latest novel. Yeah! (laughs) That's right. And he'll be around afterwards to sign copies of his latest book, Lady Quimley's Hankering. I'm sure you're all very eager to meet him, so I'll leave you in the capable hands of our guest, Mr. Roger Lairs, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, thank you. Although I did say I needed no introduction. So, since you're here, I assume you're familiar with my work. Anyone who isn't? No? Then I shouldn't need to explain my works are intensely erotic and not suitable for the under-18s. My new novel takes place in a shared universe with my last two erotic masterpieces, Francesca's Fiery Fervor and The Devotion of Dave's Dongleberries. In this fashion, Lady Quimley's hankering focuses on the eponymous Lady Quimley as she discovers herself as much as she discovers a string of athletic suitors. The book catalogues these encounters in detail, one of which I'll be reading tonight. Yeah! We pick up at the start of Chapter 5, when the hunky Mr. Huxley has taken Lady Quimley on a delightful picnic. However, he has kept her in the park after sunset and well past her curfew. At this point, his true intentions become clear. Let's read. Lady Quimley glanced towards the stained skies as the sun's light faded behind the horizon. She averted her eyes from the remaining embers of the day, noticing for the first time the straight, uncreased form of the picnic blanket upon which they were both perched. In this light, it was difficult to discern where the immaculate white of the blanket ended and where the billowing shirt that clad Mr. Huxley's tight frame began. If it wasn't for the finger that Mr. Huxley had seductively positioned inside a soggy quiche, it would be difficult to spot her suitor among his many billows. As the breeze picked up, it cut through the loose cloth that adorned them both, allowing their bodies to feel the long, absent touch of nature. Its cooling caress only kindled the passions that burned within Lady Quimley. Her suitor had not made much of an advance so far. Gentlemanly, courteous, but with an undeniable dark side that couldn't be tamed. Mr. Huxley seemed content with the thrill of the chase. Not desperate to reach the finish line, but definitely in control of the race. A dark horse, if you will surging from the rear. Lady Quimley decided to see if she could spur him on a little. Why, Mr. Huxley, the gas lamps are beginning to ignite. My curfew ended twelve minutes ago, and father will be most cross if I'm not home in time for bridge this eve. Perhaps it was the challenge, or perhaps it was the copious quantities of opium that the pair had consumed before their jolly yummy cucumber and prune sandwiches but Mr. Huxley's squared jaw relaxed into a devious smile. "'I confess, my lady,' began Mr. Huxley, "'my intentions were not entirely benign when I invited you on this handsome picnic.' He removed his digit from the quiche and stroked her earlobe. The first physical contact they had shared sent an electric jolt, patented by Edison the previous week, through her nervous system. Her stomach, lower intestine, and pancreas were instantly a flutter. 
Please forgive me, but I desire to achieve a glance at your ankles. Such a forward request. Miss Quimley was overcome with surprise, yet inflamed with a perverse desire to please. She smiled sweetly as she grabbed the hem of her skirt, underskirt, and under-underskirt in one bunched fist, and raised it gently to reveal a tiny slither of bare flesh beyond the top of her short boots. Giggling, she returned the material to its former position, noticing the expression on Mr. Huxley's face was one of intense joy. She could see he longed for more, but for now he would have to earn such a reward. Now it's your turn, said Lady Quimley, matter-of-factly. What will you show me in return? Then he got his lad out, and they did it on the grass. When they finished, he wiped himself off on the picnic blanket. Then they went home. That's the end of the chapter. Thank Last time on Space Force. Looks like I saved the day once again, and all I had to do was invent wormhole technology and reverse the space tachyon matrix. Pass me the space scalpel. I will remove the brain parasite myself. I've seen it done once, it can't be that difficult. Someone's been using my favourite washcloth. We now return to Space Force. Mr. Puvak, I feel like reliving some past glories. Give me a rundown of our space empire so far. I'm afraid I cannot do that, Captain. And why not, Mr. Puvak? Mr. McStewart changed the password on the space spreadsheet. <sighs> Mr. McStewart, please can you handle this relatively simple space task? With pleasure, my captain. I shall dedicate all of my effort to it. Watch. Well, how much of the galaxy do we own? Approximately 0.0000000000000000. Okay. Enough! I get the picture, McStuart. I'm glad I illustrated it so adeptly. We currently own a tiny moon that is being crushed in its own atmosphere, a few chunks of space debris that were sucked into a black hole, and a chippy in Inverness. A space chippy? Regular. Damn. At least there's our home planet, Space Prime. Actually, my captain, our homeworld has been downgraded to an asteroid, and it was towed for bad parking. It will always be a planet to me. Nevertheless, it's clear that we need to step up our efforts to conquer the galaxy. Mr. Puvak, scan the local space area and give me the closest S3 planet. I'm afraid I cannot do that, Captain. For heaven's sake. Oh, for God's sake. Can we write that out of this script? I have found one, my Captain. The best one in the entirety of space. Good work, McStuart. I'm promoting you to space scanner. But you promoted me to space second in command yesterday, my Captain. And now I'm going to promote you to space pilot. Plot a course for the planet. Plotting space coordinates, ingesting space graviton drive, recalibrating space vectors. It's the big green button there. I know! Are we there? Looks like it. A lush, verdant world with a breathable atmosphere. Gravity ratio is almost perfect. 
No harmful life forms detected? Gentlemen, welcome to paradise. I never thought we'd beat that space debris we conquered. But Captain, are you sure there are no flesh-eating space bacteria out there? Allow me to go first, just in case. It would be an honor to be a human guinea pig. Permission granted. All seems fine so far, my captain. Wait. <coughs> I can't breathe. <coughs> my lungs are with death and decay. <coughs> Sent to die needlessly. Watches my face confess the terror of life cut tragically short. Where's the beach? The beach is that way. Goodbye. It has been an honor to serve the space force. Permission to swim, madam? I promote you to Chief Patrick. Oh, come on. All right, then, I've recovered from the space bacteria that was eating my respiratory system. But what about the blistering space radiation on this planet? My spleen is melting. Oh, the agony portrayed on my face with one steely glance. Oh, the water's nice and warm. You people don't know real talent when you see it. It's a shame he left before the giant brain leeches arrived in the next scene. Can we go home now? I can still hear you. Does his wee hurt? I want to know. How can I tell if his wee hurt so? Are you medically trained? Oh no, I'm just concerned. Did you hear him? Oh no, he said it burned If you wanna know if his wee hurts him so It's in his piss That's where it is Is he down in the dumps? Oh no, he puts up walls Has he checked for lumps? Oh no, that's just his balls If you wanna know if his urethra's just so It's in his piss That's where it is It's in his piss Test him, sample him right, find out what you want to know, a UTI if it really is, it's there in his piss. Oh, does he have a cyst? Oh no, not that I've seen, but the sample I took is slightly green, and if you want to know what burns him just so, it's in his piss. It's in his piss. When stuff comes out his cock that looks like ambergris, it's in his piss. Oh, when he goes behind a tree, does he scream about his piss? Oh, hold him, squeeze his bladder tight, find out what you want to know. Feed him loads of asparagus, it's there in his piss. Does he go willingly? Oh no, no need to ask You need to fill up this conical flask And if you wanna know if it pains him to go It's in his piss That's where it is 
It's in his piss. That's where it is. It's in his piss. That's where it is. It's in his piss. That's where it is. To reiterate, it's in his piss. That's where it is. I'm not sure you're getting this. It's in his piss. It's in his piss. Look, no need to be shy. Just go ahead and take his piss. Get your hands in there.